This is Jaguars Post Game, presented by Florida Home AC. J.P. Shadrick, Mike Dempsey, and Pride of the Jaguars, Fred Taylor, bring you highlights and analysis from today's game. Jaguars Post Game is brought to you by Baptist Health, Farah and Farah, and by Everbank. Now, to get things started, here's J.P. Shadrick. And welcome in. It's Jaguars Post Game presented by Florida Home AC. Call Florida Home AC today, official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. J.P. Shadrick, Mike Dempsey, Fred Taylor coming up from the Hyundai Studios. That's pretty bad today. 49ers oh. 34, Jaguars 3. The final, the Jaguars are now 6-3. and three. The Niners snap a three-game skid to improve to 6-3. and three. All Niners all day. Yeah, you hope this is not some kind of litmus test uh, for where the Jags are at this point versus an elite team. And clearly the Niners played like an elite team today. Uh, JP, this is one of the, you know, along with their victory 42-10 to over Dallas, one of the most impressive results we've seen in the NFL this season. But, uh, you know, there's really not much redeeming you can take out of this for Jacksonville. Terrible on offense, terrible on defense. Uh, Jamal Agnew gets hurt on special teams, turnovers, miscues left and right, uh, poor pocket presence, I thought, by Trevor Lawrence today. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. I suppose you look at it and say, well, they wanted to get McCaffrey the touchdown record. That's small solace when they were naming their score this afternoon. Yeah, other than that, Fred, it was all right day at the office. I mean, that's a, <laughs> that's a long that. list. Uh, good, good afternoon, Fred. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. No, I agree with everything Mike said. They were bad on both sides of the ball. Trevor got outplayed by one Brock Purdy. Our defensive line um, didn't have a great day. Uh, defense did play better than the offense, but they were both outplayed. The offensive line, they got to go find a way to figure it out or either ask for more chip help because they were terrorized or – they were um, outplayed, I should say, by San Fran's defensive front. Yeah, and Nick Bosa, man, he came to play. Yeah, he's the real. He's an real. Amazing game. Yeah, he's real for sure. Um, Trevor Lawrence's performance today: seventeen to twenty-nine, one eighty-five through the air. There were moments it felt like he was just standing. He had time and just couldn't let it go. Either somebody's not open, but there were moments where he had some time today and just couldn't let it rip for whatever reason and would run into a sack. Yeah, I think those were just very brief moments. That pressure was pretty much after him the entire day, whether he was stepping up. He wasn't comfortable the entire day. It was interior pressure, outside pressure. Uh, I think from a scheme standpoint perspective, uh, the the Niners really outcoached um, our blocking scheme and our offensive guys because Nick Bosa, he was in the interior. He was on the outside. You have some nickel situations where he lined up either over the center or just off the guard uh, from either from a four down or a stand-up position over the center, and they pushed the pocket or they moved around and ran a lot of different games where he was able to maintain, contain, and get sacks from the interior. So I think from a scheme standpoint, um, I'll say it, we're outcoached from a scheme standpoint because if I'm going into this type of game and I understand where they're going to wreck havoc, even with the addition of Chase Young, I'm going to always go back to Nick Bosa from a pressure standpoint. So I'm going to account for him, make sure I get a body or a chip or a chunk on him just to slow him down because if you excite him, you excite the whole defense. And I think we saw a lot of that today. They control the field position. Uh, not a ton of big plays. A couple early on with Kittle and uh, Ayuk and in uh, bad punt that led to that. But other than that, 
it was just a just a game that the offense didn't show up, and the defense eventually was backed up too close against the wall, along with those turnovers. And this is what you get. Uh, you know, watching Fred. Obviously, I don't think anybody on the offensive line for the Jags had a great day. I don't know how many people had a really good day. Period. But I thought Walker Little got physically pushed around a little bit today. Yeah. Would you see? Yeah, same thing. Pushing the pocket. It was. It wasn't even a lot of. Um, uh, just uh, speed plays. It was more uh, speed to power, where they just pushed the pocket just to get in Trevor's face to try to get him on the outside. And if you can look at it, going back, he didn't seem to be comfortable or have opportunities where he just set his feet. You know, you saw a few throws that were either short. You have a pump fake on a play-action play that eventually Christian Kirk came back and made a great play on that they challenged. But it, the very next play, I believe, was the, the turnover, the fumble. Yeah. Uh, but other plays like that where Trevor just didn't seem comfortable and the Niners just came out and uh, did things accordingly and showed people why they're, you know, they had, they've regrouped, they have their starters back, and they're still one of the, those teams to reckon with. Four giveaways for the Jaguars today in a 34-3 loss to the San Francisco 49ers. Plenty more ahead. We're out to Bucky Brooks. He's near the Jaguars locker room. We'll hear from head coach Doug Peterson after this Week 10 loss. And it's Jaguars postgame on Jaguars Radio. Jaguars postgame presented by Florida Home AC. J.P. Shadrick with Mike Dempsey and Fred Taylor in the Hyundai Studios after a Jaguars loss to the San Francisco 49ers, 34-3 the final score. A notable finish just a moment ago, Houston at Cincinnati. The Texans had a 10-point lead early in the fourth quarter, 27-17. Bengals rallied and tied the game with a minute 33 to go on a field goal. And then the Texans drive down, and they hit a 38-yard field goal with no time left to win it. So Texans 30, Bengals 27. That's a final, and the Texans are now 5-4. and four. Don't look now, but the Jaguars now at 6-3. and three. have already lost to the Texans, and that game in a couple weeks, already big anyway, but uh, growing in stature. Life comes at you quick. It does. The NFL, really. I mean, makes next week's game so imperative for the Jags to uh, right the ship way Houston's playing no doubt and you start looking at those division standings and then uh, here come the Texans the quarterback's playing well down there so uh, a, a eye-opening loss today for the Jaguars certainly in so many ways 34-3 uh, the final score and uh, you know how about this defense Fred it, it was a a group that's done a lot of things pretty well this year right stopping the run good on third down takeaways they didn't have any of those today and this was not the the Jags defense we're used to seeing around. Uh, no, of course not. Um, the Jags have, uh, I think they've given the ball over or given the ball away in the past couple games during their winning streak at least twice a game. Whereas from a defensive standpoint, they were opportunistic and they ended up winning the turnover ratio. Um, I don't know the exact numbers, but that's what they needed because the offense really hadn't played well and it actually caught up with them today. But it holds true that if they're not, uh, um, they're going to turn the ball over on offense. And if we don't get it back, then you end up having blowout games like this. Um, again, and that leads to field position woes and, and eventual blowouts. I don't know. Um, I thought they were in it earlier on. Well, not necessarily in it, uh, but from a field position standpoint, you had a bad punt. San Fran gets the ball at the 43. Four plays later, they're in the end zone at 7-0. Then it's a three and out. 
Six plays later, it's 10-0. And before you know it, it's like, is it the, the, the uh, off-week layover? And I think we saw a bit of that. And before you know it, everything else just kind of trickled down. But uh, they got to get back to the drawing board. They have to be able to create turnovers to stay in it until that offense that had high, ex high expectations in the offseason comes around. And we're all still patient. We're all still waiting. Um, every week, somebody else is taking turns to play well or either play bad. And I think today, everyone on the offense played bad. And uh, I don't know. We, um, we got to see what this turns into. Yeah, a lot of, you know, all the self-scouting, um, the main thing they came away with, don't turn the ball over on offense, you know. And uh, today was terrible in that regard. And, and all those quick drives that you're talking about for San Francisco, Fred, add the opening drive of the second half that took them 50 seconds to go down the field in two right. plays. So, uh, you know, just uh, every time you looked up, something was going right for the 49ers. And even without the turnovers, I just it was such a slog for the Jags' offense that, that I don't know if they don't have the turnovers. It, it, the score's maybe a little bit closer, but mm -hmm. I don't think they do enough offensively today the way it was going regardless. Yeah, I know. San Fran has an amazing defense, again, with the addition of uh, uh, Chase Young. He just made them that much better. You know, he's still a second pick of, of the 2020 draft, I believe, overall second pick. So yep. he's still a great player, and they came to play today. They put a lot of pressure on the offense. Either uh, five sacks, I believe, they uh, charted, but still a lot of other pressures, a lot of QB hits. Trevor's was never comfortable. I think that also rattled the play caller upstairs, um, and it just turned into a blowout. So they have an opportunity to go back, look at it, and see where they got to improve at. In the grand scheme, it's an NFC loss. The big, obviously, the divisional games. Every game's big if you're going for the number one seed and everything that comes with that. But the next two weeks are huge, obviously, with divisional teams coming up, the Titans coming in here next week, and then the Texans down in Houston after that. So you got to figure it out and scrape something together for the next two weeks especially. Oh, yeah. the Five of the next, JP, five of the next um, – well, actually, the next five games are uh, all AFC mm -hmm. games. So, I mean, even with the divisional opponents, you have to make sure you understand the conference tiebreakers. You got Tennessee, Houston, Cincy, Cleveland, and Baltimore, uh, who's in a dogfight with Cleveland right now. So uh, you just got to bring your best ball. I think the wake-up moment for this team was after that 37-17 blowout to the Texans. And here you have another 34-point or 30-plus-point blowout. Hopefully you can ride the ship, get back on track because the Titans aren't playing great. The Texans are going to play you well. Cincinnati depends on if you can get after Joe Mixon. Cleveland, yeah, they kind of Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, but they have an amazing defense. And you're going to get a great game out of Baltimore. So, But you got to be the Jaguars. No matter with all of those opponents like we anticipated today, if the Jaguars had shown up and played like they played the previous five weeks, then we would have a totally different conversation. And they got to go back to the drawing board and say, hey, we got to do us. Let's get back to it, figure out how we can do us, whether it's coaching, game planning, protecting the football is a must. Uh, and the quarterback and the receivers, those gotta, guys got to play well. Gotta, I got to get really to play sorry, better. Sorry, Fred. I, I think you got to decide <clears throat> or figure out are there some fundamental flaws that you are not able to correct right now? Like last year, they got blown out by Detroit. You know, it was yeah. a little bit later in the season, but we're looking at that game like, oh, my gosh, is this the team that they are? Well, 
It wasn't, right? And it, it turned out to be an aberration. Detroit was a good team, but they weren't 40-14 to 14 better than the Jacksonville Jaguars. San Fran's done this now to a couple of playoff-bound teams, it, it appears, uh, with the 32-point win over Dallas and, and this one over Jacksonville. So you got to, you know, if you can put this behind you and come out and win your next several games, then maybe it is that bump in the road and, you know, you blame it on coming off the bye and, and not being in sync and all that. Not that that's, I mean, San Fran had the same issue and they had to travel and play, you know, 10 o'clock a.m. their time, their body clock time. So there's no excuse for it. But um, I'm just trying to look for some kind of uh, silver lining in this cloud today. Right. Uh, it's tough to find, though. In a game like this one, the final score today, 34-3, Niners over the Jags. We're back in a moment. Still out to Bucky Brooks. He's down the hallway waiting on the head coach. And we'll hear from Doug Peterson coming up shortly. PRI Productions, the Southeast full-service event company, has everything you need to bring your next idea to life. Visit PRIproductions.com and learn more. And it's Jaguars postgame on the Jaguars radio network. Jaguars postgame presented by Florida Home AC. Call Florida Home AC today, official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. J.P. Shadrick, Mike Dempsey, Fred Taylor in the Hyundai Studios at Everbank Stadium. Uh, coming up shortly, Doug Peterson will visit with the media, and then he'll walk down the hallway and catch up with Bucky Brooks. We'll air that conversation live uh, coming up in just a little bit. And uh, the Jaguars beat in all phases today. Um, the offense didn't play well. The defense, obviously they gave the ball away four times. The defense struggled, and uh, Jamal Agnew got hurt on special teams on top of that today. So uh, tough day. And again, cornerback uh, uh, Tyson Campbell with a hamstring issue didn't come back in the game late. So that's not ideal. We'll get to the injury report fully coming up. <clears throat> so um, all kind of issues, and we're looking for some – Maybe some bright spots here. So let's go back on the offensive side, Fred. And all right, Christian Kirk, six for 104 today, but he had the, obviously the lost fumble in the inside the 10 yard line. Can't have that at all, uh, especially when a week where they're emphasizing it more than most coming off the bye week. Uh, statistically, he's really the one that pops out with mm -hmm. the yardage and everything that goes with that today. And, and to your point, um, you know, Calvin Ridley, three targets, two catches, 20 yards today. How do they get him the ball more? How does he get open more? What's the situation? You know, um, that's, a, that's a really confusing one. I mean, he came in as a true number one, yet earlier in the season we felt like if they could find a way to incorporate Christian Kirk, last year's uh, leading receiver, into the game plan where things don't go through um, uh, uh, um, Ridley, you would thought you would have thought that really would have had an opportunity to sort of be a better player on the back end, but for me, I, I just don't understand. I can't really figure it out why he's not having the production that we all thought. That is he it being have. doubled? Is it like? Is it just? You know what? Um, today, I think um, Jimmy did an amazing job of, of guarding him. He did draw two flags, yeah. which is also just as good as having catches. Um, By the way, he leads the league in defensive pass interferences while targeted. Yeah, yeah, yeah accepted and thrown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We want to see production. Yeah. We want to see him catch balls and sort of score touchdowns and all that stuff. Whereas the flags are good, but they're only good in situations, right? We want to see you be more of a threat, and maybe he is because we're not necessarily looking at all twenty-two. 
Is he getting other guys open? You know, so those are some questions that got to be asked that we can't see from the naked eye. You'll see it in film review. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm still a fan of Calvin, man. I, I think he can uh, still be a good player here, uh, whether it's this year, next year, if they uh, re-sign him or however that all works out. But now is now. Um, I like to see him play better. I like to see I like to see all of them play better. To be honest with you, how much could Zay Jones help this offense? That's the key healthy? right there, Mike. I think Zay Zay is the unsung hero. He makes all the catches. He gets the guys open. If they're gonna go and double Calvin Ridley, then obviously Zay is gonna make he's gonna make all of his catches. You know, Trevor has great rapport with Zay, and and that's also his outlet. You know, so when Zay is out there, we see Trevor without hesitation. He's finding a way to get in the ball because he knows this guy's consistent. He's going to make the tough catches. He's going to find a way to get open, whether it's underneath or deep. And, and, and I'm glad you said that. He's a big, big part of piece of this offense. And I can't wait to get back healthy, and hopefully we can see a different offense. And that's the question, right? That's is he going to be back and healthy? I mean, mm-hmm. he hasn't been trending the right way. He's been on the practice field some this past week, limited, off to the side, and down again today. So how long will that keep repeating until they either get him on the field or put him on the, the list for the season? I mean, I could say you're asking the right guy, but you're also asking the wrong guy. Yeah. I had my frustrations with injury uh, uh, pretty much like Tyson. You know, we, we, he came back, seemed well earlier on, and then the hamstring kind of crept back up and he had to end up leaving the game. It, you, the guys try to get out there and they want to be out there and they love to be out there. It's just injuries are tricky. The staff is doing all that they can. Uh, you, you just never know. I don't know the extent of what he's dealing with. Right, right. and I'm not yeah. – you know, crushing Zay on this. No, but I, my, I know. But my thought is, at some point, you might have to figure out life without him anyway. So if he's not going to be available or whatever that is, right? Um, you got to find a way to move the offense down the field without correct, him. Correct, correct. And, and then uh, they've done that a you, lot, you, a little you, bit. The, the fact that they have, and, and this is one game, you know, they've played well without Zay. They have shown some struggles. <clears throat> but I think with Zay in there, they seem to – be a lot more open and have more options, obviously. Uh, He's a guy they signed. He's a big piece of helping uh, Trevor Lawrence develop a year ago. Uh, So he's a guy who's important. But as you mentioned, they have to figure out life without him. And I think um, more importantly, you have to protect Trevor. You have to give him an opportunity to throw the ball, whether that's uh, keeping uh, the tight end attached to the line, uh, more chip plays between the line, tight end and the, and the running back to buy more time, a uh, better run game. It's a whole lot of different options. You just got to figure out. But most importantly, within all of that, you can't turn the ball over. Mm-mm. You cannot turn the ball over. And, uh, you know, we were talking about it on the break there, uh, three out of the four games here at Everbank Stadium, they've really performed poorly offensively. Is that just – coincidental with the matchups that they've had. I mean, Kansas City's defense has been good this year, San Francisco, and Houston seems to have Jacksonville's number no matter where they play, but uh, is is there something to the venue or the way they prepare or, you know what I mean? I mean, it's not like the stadium's scoring points for the opposition or keeping you down, but yeah. is it just a coincidence in your opinion? I'm, I think it's just coincidence, you know, but I, I know a lot of people look at it and say, well, we've only scored – 29 points here, we've given up 88, which is crazy. Um, but I, I believe it's more coincidence. I think these guys can play anywhere. Uh, unfortunately, they're 0-3 in the city of Jacksonville. Well, they had, got the one with the 
Well, they the they did they get they get the one, so it's one and three. Yeah. Uh, but it's four more here, so they got to find a way to figure it out uh, if they're gonna uh, be a playoff team. Otherwise, it's trending nine and seven, I believe, or something like that. Um, so yeah, I, I think uh, it's more coincidence than anything. But the offense has to play well. They got to protect Trevor, and they got to score points. That's the bottom line. Plenty ahead. Still out to Bucky Brooks down the hallway waiting on head coach Doug Peterson after a Jaguars loss to the San Francisco 49ers. 34-3 is the final. And this is Jaguars postgame on Jaguars Radio. Doug, uh, why do you think the team wasn't ready today? Anything you can put your finger on? I thought the team was ready. Um, we failed to execute on the opening uh, drive defensively, and we failed to execute on the opening drive offensively. And that's the that's the part that um, is is disappointing because uh, these guys were these guys were ready to go, and um, you know to to have the lack of execution like we did um, early in the football game just kind of snowballed from there. Doug, last year against Detroit, this year against Houston. <clears throat> guys had similar games, bounce back, played your best football of both seasons. Why were they able to do that, and do you think that's in them to do this now? I mean, I, you know, I, I don't know. Um, we obviously got to look at look at ourselves in the mirror and figure figure some things out, and especially here at home, you know, uh, three or four games that are not very good. And um, I guess the the beauty of everything is we, we still sit in the driver's seat. We're six and three, and, and – um, Still a lot of football ahead and, and great opportunity. Um, you know, this was definitely a humbling experience today. Offensively, Doug, do you think it was a matter of Trevor rushing things, the protection not being there? Was there anything you could really pinpoint as to why it never got into that flow on offense? Um, yeah, yeah, you know, possibly just, just maybe, you know, um, speeding some things up in his mind, you know. Um, you know, obviously, when we we fail to execute even around him, right? There's 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 problems there uh, on plays that we should we should know. We run them all the time, and and then you know um, you, you can't you can't put yourself in the third downs like we did, and or turn the ball over like we did, and, and expect to do anything with it. You know, and it just you put your defense in a bind, you put special teams in a bind, and. Um, you know, that's the that's again, that's the disappointing part. And then just a quick health update, if I could, just on uh, Agnew and then Tyson. Yeah, um, I talked to Ferg. We're going to get further testing in the morning um, and see where they're at. So hopefully we have a better answer for you tomorrow. Doug, you touched on San Francisco being ready out of the box. How much of that can you do you discount in terms of your performance in terms of they had lost three in a row? They had been itching to get back on the field and show that they were the Super Bowl contenders, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, there's probably something to that. Um, you know, and, and uh, obviously we had we had some momentum as well, and, and you know, it was disappointing to, to play like we did. But I'm sure, you know, for them, you know, um, you know, I'm sure the message was pretty simple. You know, we, we've got to play – we have to play better, you know, on their side, I'm, I'm assuming. And – um, they did. They played an outstanding football game, and they got after us today. And, and um, we got to look at this film and, and make corrections. Doug, if, if the word was right that that was a desperate football team, do you want your team to react with a sense of desperation this week? And, and do you think that helps a team get sharp for a game like that? I, I'm not 
I don't think they're a desperate football team. Don't don't get me wrong, they're not. That's a good football team. Yeah. So I don't think it's desperation. They they know what they're doing, right? And they they did it well today. Um, for us, we're still trying to get there, you know. And I told the team again, you know, we haven't done anything here, and we're trying to be like that. We're trying to have that consistency. And and to me, this will be this will be in some ways good for our players, you know. A um, little bit of a wake up call, quite honestly. And you know. Myself included, coaches, players, we all have to, you know, what are we willing to give up in these next eight games so we don't do this again, right? And, and um, you know, I think, I think our players will rebound. They always have. And, um, you know, look forward to next week. Doug, some of the stuff you talked about today, red zone turnovers and, and some other issues have sort of been around all year. Is there a feeling of why can't we get this fixed? It should be fixed by this point. It, you know, yeah, uh, it's obviously turnovers can't happen. They just flat out can't happen. Um, and and we gave them what three of them today. And you know, you just you, you just can't. Huh? Four. Is it four? Two interceptions. Yeah, that's right. Two two interceptions. Um, you can't, you can't do that. You just can't do that. It's just, it's a matter of whoever has the football, take care of the football. That's your job. Bring it back to the huddle. Let us play another down. And um, we continue to stress it. Our players continue to stress it. And until we, um, you know, until we figure that out, it's going to be, it's long. You just can't, you just can't do that. You know, again, if you, if you want to be a playoff team. Um, you got to take care of the football. You kind of alluded it to a little bit there, um, both with that answer and uh, the uh, home game situation. You've had two real statement games as far as the national perspective goes at home here against Kansas City, and today you haven't scored a touchdown in either of them. Is the offense maybe sort of gripping the club a little bit too tight, trying to swing too hard maybe, as it were, to use a golf analogy, trying too hard to make a play instead of just taking what's there? I mean, look at Christian Kirk kind of, fighting for that extra yard at the six-yard line when he's not going to get in. Uh, Trevor firing a fastball to tank is a couple of examples. Yeah, and, and I don't think Christian was fighting. I think he was held up, and I think the ball got punched out. You know, I don't think it was necessarily him fighting for extra yards. But again, those are those are plays that, that you know, yeah, we, we want to hang on to the football. I, you know, um, sometimes you're asking questions that are, that are really hard to answer because, you know, the team's ready to go. They have a good week of preparation. Why we go out like that? I mean, nobody wants to go out and coach that way. Nobody wants to go out and play that way. Nobody wants to go out and lose that way. We have too much pride, you know. And and this is these are great opportunities for me to coach this football team and, and to lead this football team and to 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 instruct this football team. And um, until until and we've got some young guys that are that are that are learning this for the first time, you know, and, and kind of going through a little adversity and. You know, again, we're trying to put ourselves in positions to be a better football team in the AFC, and 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 sometimes it looks brilliant, and then there's days like today, not so good, and those are the things that you know each person has to look at themselves and say, what am I, am I studying enough? You know, as coaches, are we putting our players in better positions to be successful? 
are, are the players, you know, doing what they need to do? Coaches doing what they need to do? So it's a it's a group effort, you know. Um, there's there's enough, you know, enough stuff to go around, you know. I don't want to call it blame, but you know, it's 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 everybody doing their job, right? And and I know this football team, and and I know they'll I know they'll come back Wednesday, you know, when we get ready for Tennessee, and, and they'll be focused and ready to go. just to put the ball in his hands, see if he can light up and make some magic happen. Doug Peterson is finished with the media down the hallway here at Everbank Stadium. He is headed down to catch up with Bucky Brooks. We will carry that conversation live here in just a moment after Jaguars lost to fall to a record of 6-3. and three. Still in first place in the AFC South. The division is gaining a bit, though. The Texans with a win today. Of course, the Titans come in here next week. The Jaguars head to Houston in two weeks. There's plenty to get fixed between now and then, of course, for this Jags team. Four giveaways today. They lost the turnover battle 4 nothing, And uh, the Jags' defense gives up 34 today. The offense manages only a field goal in this one. Let's go down the hallway now. And Bucky Brooks standing by with head coach Doug Peterson. Coach, thoughts on a tough loss today? Tough loss. It's kind of embarrassing. You know, um, good week of preparation. Guys were in good spirits, a lot of energy out there. Um, quite frankly, to, to, to do what we did today, you know, we, we failed to execute on, on just basic things today um, is, is disheartening. Uh, it's disappointing. Um, and, you know, the guys know. They, they know it. Um, we have to improve. We have to get better. I, I think it's. I think maybe maybe this is maybe this was good for us, right? Maybe this was uh, the wake up call we needed. Maybe we were maybe we we're feeling too good, you know. And and um, uh, you you can't make the mistakes against good football teams and expect to win. Yeah, I, th- I always hear coaches talk about there's no such thing as losses. There are plenty of lessons to be learned. So how will you take the next few days to get your team ready to play against the Titans coming up? Well, we got to come in first of all and, and watch this film as a team tomorrow, and, you know, as units, and we got to make the corrections. We got to show the guys on tape. This is what you're putting out there. You're only as good as your last game, and and so now Tennessee's going to look at this, Houston's going to look at this, and the rest of our schedule is going to be looking at this game. They're just like they're looking at the Houston game and the Kansas City game, and you know, um, and and saying, hey, you know, here, here's here's the formula to beat, you know, beat the Jacksonville Jaguars, and quite frankly, if if we just do our game, Jacksonville is going to beat themselves because mm-hmm. they're going to turn the ball over. You know, they're going to wait for that mistake to happen. We're going to we're going to blow a coverage. We're not going to block the wrong guy, and and that to me is you know um, those are the unacceptable things. And um, you know we have to we have to really be focused this week. Um, you know on on our jobs and what we're doing and and. Really, to every man, you know, are we doing? Are we doing enough? Right? Can we do more in our preparation during the week? You know, and thinking about that, because you talked about preparation being good, but then for whatever reason, on game day, the execution wasn't right. Is that something that you can kind of talk to the players about? Talk to the coaches about? Like, how can we get our game day to be like our practice stuff was? I mean, you you can, you know, but and it really starts with the film, right? You just show them on tape. Guys, if we just take care of this 
and do our job on this play and this play and we hang on to the football here it's a different it's a different game right you're, you're actually playing a football game this game was over you know the start of the third quarter quite frankly and um um you know but we have to show our we still have young players you know we got we got second and third year players that are young that um they they have to feel that sense of urgency there has to be a sense of urgency when you start every football game regardless of who you're playing that it doesn't matter it's just it's our execution and, and how well we can execute in all three phases and take care of the football in order to win well, one thing I know about you, you get a fix. I look forward to seeing a better performance from the Jaguars this week. Of course. Thank you, Bucky. All right, Bucky Brooks, head coach Doug Peterson, down the hallway here at Everbank Stadium after Jaguars lost today to the San Francisco 49ers, 34-3 the final. Plenty ahead. Look at the final stats when we return. It's Jaguars postgame on the Jaguars radio network. Jaguars postgame presented by Florida Home AC. J.P. Shadrick, Mike Dempsey, Fred Taylor from the Hyundai Studios. Final score, 49ers. Not far away from 49 today. 34-3, the final score over the Jaguars. Jags uh, now 6-3. The Niners now 6-3. Jags in first place. The Texans won today, so they are creeping up in the division race. And, of course, that game uh, head-to-head in a couple weeks down in Houston. Jaguars have the Titans Next week, let's take a look at the Everbank final stats in this one. We'll start with a total yardage, 437 to 221 in favor of San Fran. It's the lowest total yardage for the Jaguars this season in a game. First downs, 20 to 12 in favor of the Niners. The uh, Both teams, 4 of 12 on third down today. Rushing yards, 144 for San Fran, 59 rushing yards for the Jaguars today. That's not going to get it done. Passing net, 293 to 162 in favor of San Fran. Seven penalties, 90 yards on the 49ers. Five for 39 on the Jaguars. Four turnovers for the Jags. Zero for San Fran. Time of possession, 33 minutes, 11 seconds in favor of San Francisco. And the 49ers um, blow out the Jags today, Mike. Yeah, some individual numbers here. Trevor Lawrence, 17-29, to 185 yards. Had the two interceptions today. No touchdown. C.J. Beathard. Little mop up duty, one for two for five yards. Christian Kirk even threw a pass today, incomplete to Travis Etienne. Brock Purdy, on the other hand, 19 of 26, 296, three touchdowns without a pick on the day. He had a quarterback rating of 148.9 on the ground. Travis Etienne only managed 35 yards on nine carries. McCaffrey, on the other hand, 16 for 95, nearly six yards a pop. Uh, George Kittle led the way. For the Niners, three catches for 116 and a touchdown. Also touchdown catches for Brandon Ayuk and Kyle Juszczyk. Christian Kirk had the six for 104 for Jacksonville. No other Jaguar receiver had more than 28 yards in this game. No other non-running back had more than 20 yards receiving in this game. That was Calvin Ridley's two catches, uh, 420. Devin Lloyd led the team in tackles with uh, 10, seven of those solo. Foye Lewican had six solo among his nine total tackles and the only two sacks on the day for the Jags. We have it, the final stats check. Uh, what did you hear from Doug Peterson in the conversation with Bucky a moment ago, Fred? Anything stand out? Uh, basically just talking about beating yourself, uh, which is a different type of abuse. I think having sense of urgency, especially coming off a of, uh, uh, bye week, and just really execution, protecting the football, not turning it over, uh, just really trying to get the guys to wake up and understand how important these ball games are. 
Uh, and throughout that, when Doug was speaking, I was kind of going back charting uh, Logan Cook. He's not exempt from this either, right? Okay. Because he's out there. His first punt was 41 yards, which gave San Fran that great field position. It kind of started this onslaught a minute into the game. But your last punt, you're 62-yard long with two minutes left in the game. And you talk about something that's confusing and mind-boggling. When the pressure's on, you see he 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 had he displayed a short short punt. But uh, when he's relaxed, the game is over. It's a blowout. He's kicking a ball like way out of control. Everybody is accountable. You have to come out there and put your be- best foot forward, no matter what, throughout the course of the game. Even more so when it's pressure to start a game. And I think that if he's going to be able to control the ball much like a quarterback he has to put his best foot forward pun intended and and get the ball down there and try and create field position because this is a team that's built uh bend don't break and if they're gonna get start their drive at midfield just about it's only a few plays until that other team is in field goal range because they're playing a lot of heavy zone so you pin them back deep give these guys an opportunity to go out there early when they're excited to make plays. And that part plays into what Doug was mentioning about the sense of urgency, opportunity, and creating those opportunities in short field for the offense. Until they do that, I don't think this offense can sustain long drives and put up points. As you have it, they turn the ball over three times in 49er territory. They got to find a way to figure that part of it out as well. Earlier in the season, it was red zone. Now it's turnovers. Um, I think as a group collectively, all three phases have to play better. Yeah, to your point about the drives today, Fred. I mean, they had the fourteen play, eighty yard field goal drive right before half, out. right? Yeah, that stalled out. But they started from their own one, which was mm-hmm. a nice drive to get them out of there and get some points on the board. But that certainly was their longest. Trevor, could you just, uh, what's your reaction to a, a, this kind of a nightmarish day, not just for the offense, but for everything all around you? Just, do you flush it or do you <coughs> just uh, let, let, let yourself wallow in it for a little while? That's a good question. Um, yeah, I mean, I think both. I think you got to feel, you got to feel the, the pain and embarrassment of, of today, and that's what it is. It's just, it's terrible. You know, I, it's one of the worst games I've probably played in my career. So, you know, I feel that and I take responsibility for that. and. Um, yeah, it's just we, we couldn't do anything right today. So, but you got to flush it too. I mean, that's the thing is, uh, sucks, but the reality is a, a 31 point loss, and that's crazy to even say, but 31 point loss is the same as a three point loss. And we lost today, and um, we got to move on. We're the same team we were five hours ago when we came in here today, and um, we didn't play like it today. We played terrible um, just across the board, including myself. So, that's where we're at. That's the reality of it. Yeah, you're gonna we're gonna wallow in it tonight, and we're gonna watch the tape tomorrow and kind of relive it, which is which is gonna suck. And then we're gonna move on, and we're gonna get ready for Tennessee. I mean, that's that's the biggest game of the year is our next one. So um, that's where we're at. And yeah, not not much else to say about it. You know, you can't. There's not much good to take from this one today. Trevor, uh, four turnovers today. I mean, obviously you guys came in with the idea of not turning the ball over at all. Is it sort of did it sort of catch up, I guess, to you guys today in terms of 
turning the ball over, it resulting in a, in a negative point differential, things like that. In the past, it wasn't like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yes, it, it did. We obviously weren't able to overcome those turnovers. They were just at the, they were always at the wrong time. It seemed like right when we got some momentum, we turned it over. Um, you know, I got to be better. I got to, I got to hold on to the ball. I had a bad fumble near midfield. That that can't happen. You know, we were driving. Um, so that's something where you know I got to look in the mirror and, and fix that. It's happened a few times this year, and it just can't happen. You know, I got to take care of the ball. I got to play better. Then you know we had a we had a, a tip pick that another one. It's like then that just it doesn't go our way. You know, tips right to the safety, and he makes a play on it, and wasn't a great throw by me. Um, and then I had one late in the game, fourth down, trying to trying to make a play. Um, that's that's the worst position I think in football to be in, just for an offense, is when you're when you're getting beat like that, and you're still out there, and you're having to try to four shots, you know, that, so that's, that stuff's going to happen. And uh, I think all of our, most of our turnovers were on the plus side of the 50. So it's that stuff, like, like you said, it did come back to bite us today. And um, we didn't play comp complimentary, you know, when the defense got to stop, we didn't do anything with it. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot I could go into to talk about it, but there's a lot, it seemed like everything went wrong. And we, we, right when we got momentum, we just shot ourselves in the foot. So, you know, I, you know, I, I take a lot of responsibility for it. Played really, really bad today. Trevor, did you feel sped up throughout the course of the game, and then maybe did that give into that snowballing <clears throat> effect? And then secondly, from the jump, did they do anything schematically that maybe you guys weren't expecting along the defensive front? You know, they, they got in some exotic looks early in the game, the first and second drive. Um, and, you know, we, we had some answers for it, but we had, we had a miscommunication. Uh, we had a penalty on the first drive. Those were back-to-back -back plays and resulted in, obviously, the penalty backed us up and then sack from the miscommunication. So that's stuff that just can't happen early in the game, especially when you're playing a good team. You're playing you know, a good defense, a good offense on the other side of the ball. Um, you can't give them momentum and you give them a sack. You get their pass rush going. All the stuff that we talked about during the week of not doing, um, we did. We started off with a three and out, gave them the momentum. They got the ball. I think they went and scored. I can't remember now. Um, then we got the ball, had another three now. And it's, like, that's just not how you want to start the game um, against a, a team like this. That's, they're really good, especially playing with a lead. Their offense is kind of built for that. They have a great scheme. Um, they held on to the ball today. We didn't. You know, we were minus four in the margin. <clears throat> you know, I don't know. The last team to win might be us in the, in the playoffs, I guess. <laughs> not to be ironic, but um, it doesn't, you don't win much when you're minus four. So. You know, like you said, a couple three and outs to start the game. Did you feel like the the like the energy was off? Did you guys come out flat? Do you feel like? No, I don't think so. You know, I think we had a honestly. That's that's what's most frustrating is when you when you play like this and you, you can't point to something during the week. I thought we had a great week of practice. We had the right mindset. You know, we obviously there was some disconnect at some point to play that way, but I thought the energy was was really good. We were all amped to play. We knew this was a big game. You know, this was a good team coming in here, and we felt like we could take advantage of this opportunity um, and beat a good team. And we didn't, we, you know, we played, we played our worst game of the year. So I don't think it's anything like that. You know, I just think that we have to be better at handling adversity. It's something that we've done really a good job of in the past, but we have to be better about not letting things snowball. When there is a mistake early, bounce back, someone else make a play and make them right, you know, whatever it is, um, instead of just kind of letting them all pile on top of one another. And then you find yourself in, in the game that we had today where it's like nothing seems to go right because we all just made made our mistakes at different times at the wrong time. So um, we got to be better at overcoming those things because you're going to have mistakes in games and you can't make them. You can't 
let them change the game and let them change the momentum completely. You know, we didn't do a good job of that today, and they, they did a great job of capitalizing on the momentum shifts of the game. Trevor, what is the offense doing consistently well, if anything? I mean, it's tough to say after today. We didn't do anything really well today, honestly. I thought we, you know, I thought we'd actually, we hit a handful of, of big plays, you know, out in space. I thought we did a great job. We hit some, some nice screens. We got the ball in space on some plays. Um, but we played the whole game from behind, so it changes, it changes your whole plan at that point when you, you know, get into the third quarter and you're down that much because you haven't got anything going. You've had so many three and outs. We've had so many second and longs, third and longs. You know, you don't get to play the game the way you wanted to because it's not the same circumstances. You're not in, you know, second and medium. You're not in third and medium, third and short. And of course, we got to be able to overcome those because those are the situations we're going to be in sometimes. So we got to do a better job of overcoming the tough situations. But when you constantly put yourself in that situation every drive, it kind of changes how you want to play the game. So I think that's what happened today. And, um, you know, I think we've been, we've been, Pretty consistent, getting the ball out, getting the ball in space, taking what the defense gives us, uh, being efficient this season. We weren't today. Um, you know, I I think there's a, there's a handful of things that I missed today that I have to be better. You know, I, that just being honest with you guys, you know, I, I didn't play didn't play well. Um, and it's you're not going to win much in this league when when the quarterback doesn't play well. So um, yeah, I got to watch the tape and, and check some of that stuff out. Not, oh, Trevor, I had a follow. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Nine games in, the offense has yet to hit the stride that we saw you guys in at the end last season. Is there a feeling or a worry that it's not going to get there? No, not at all. How hard is it to function uh, if you're not connecting on first down? I, I think it was like 19 plays, 38 yards today yeah. on first down. It's it's really tough. Like I said, it you know, it's it changes the way you you call the game, the way. Sometimes you play the game when you are behind the sticks. And I mean, honestly, this year, honestly, though, we've been pretty good at being in second and long and making it third and short. We're getting the first down and putting ourselves in manageable, in manageable situations, but we didn't do it today. Um, so that that was something where, you know, we got to go back. We got to go back and look at it and see what we could have done better. I know there's, like I said, there's a handful of plays where, you know, I didn't, I didn't make the right decision or I didn't get the ball out quick enough or I didn't find the right guy and I knew that coming off the field and I got to fix those. And then the other stuff, you know, we're all just going to have to kind of take accountability. Like there's, there's things out there on every play that we're all doing where we can be better. And it's just all kind of, it all kind of hit today at the same time. How much uh, adds to the frustration collectively or anger that it's happening here? You're one in three and two really ugly performances at yeah. home. Yeah, it's, it sucks. Cause <clears throat> you know, for all the, the good things we've done this season, you know, we've 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 played really well at times, and we've had some big wins, and they just haven't been here, and that that sucks when you can't experience that with your fans and the, the people that support you, and um, you know that's it's important to win on the road, but it's really important to win at home. So you know we got to figure that piece out. We got to play better here, um, but you know we can't we can't hit the panic button. We can't make it more than it is. We played terrible today. We laid an egg. Um, nothing went right. We didn't do anything right. Um, and we got to bounce back and play better next week. We got another home game next week. So we got that opportunity to, to play well. It's a division game too. So, you know, we got we to gotta flush it quick and, and we will. The leaders in this team, we've been talking. We're, we, we're made of the right stuff. You know, you got to handle a little adversity along the way. And that's what this is. And, um, but yeah, we got to win at home. It's going to be key if you want to go and run the playoffs and you want to have home field advantage and you want to play at home more, you got to win here. So. 
Yeah, thank you all. You all have a good night. Thanks. It's just, it's even crazy not to see him have double digit tackles. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's yeah. even more absurd. But I don't know. I'll sit this one out. Okay. And I hope it's okay. Okay, that's fine. No, right, uh, I'll go with Foyer Lewican as well. It is his first career two sack day. And uh, he's only had uh, in his career coming in uh, single sacks in seven different games over his, over his career. So a two sack day for Foyer. And he is the Jaguars Radio Network player of the game. If you're looking for the MVP of the truck game, then look no further than Ford F-150. Loaded with impressive capabilities and designed to dominate work, play, and everything in between, this truck makes tough look easy. Your local Ford dealer, proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Baptist Health Injury Report. When we return, final score, 49ers 34, Jaguars 3. And it's Jaguars post game on Jaguars Radio. Jaguars postgame presented by Florida Home AC. J.P. Shadrick, Mike Dempsey, Fred Taylor from the Hyundai Studios. Another player we could have mentioned for player of the game is the only guy that scored points, Brandon McManus. He got the field goal. That's the safest. Can I vote now? You can vote, yeah, but it's too late. You're outvoted <laughs> You're anyway, voted, Fred. Buddy. I, mean, I know. <laughs> he, did get, he did get the one That's the uh, most positive a few weeks ago. Day. Yeah. He, right. he won the player of the month, AFC, right? Yeah, yeah. but he got our player of the game as he well. He did, yes. So. He's got his. He's got that. He got the car for that one, right? Uh, Did he? I don't know. (laughs) That's what you told me you were going to deliver. I didn't tell you anything. Injury Report is presented by Baptist Health and the Jacksonville Orthopedic Institute, the official sports medicine provider of the Jacksonville Jaguars. A couple guys dinged up in the game today. Jamal Agnew, return specialist in the first quarter with a shoulder issue, did not return to the game. And then in the third quarter, cornerback Tyson Campbell with a hamstring issue. He had one of those and missed the game a couple weeks ago in Pittsburgh. Not sure if it's the same one. We'll see how that goes moving ahead here. And obviously we talked about Zay Jones missing with a knee injury. So there you go. Those are the the three big ones uh, coming out of this game at least. They were coming off the bye with some guys back in the lineup. Uh, But a couple of dings today. The the Agnew one is big because all of a sudden you're putting – Kirk out there on punts. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ernest Johnson's on kickoff returns when he's not out there, and um, they've got to go play extra plays when Agnew's supposed to be that guy. Right, JP. You want to uh, see those guys out there, guys that you know are difference maker, but also you want to uh, look around and, and, and let the guys understand that it's the next man up. You know, you have to be ready. Your opportunity present itself. You, you, you want to make sure you're ready because you just don't know in this league, man. I've seen guys go from being on the bench and – you know, getting called up the very next week due to injury and turning into superstars. So, uh, all in all, you got to be ready and hope those other guys can uh, recover, heal up, and at least contribute in some sort of fashion throughout the course of the season. Yeah. Um, do you, like, grind on this film, or is this one you say? <laughs> you know, I mean, we're obviously not, you got to correct your mistakes. Is it better to – We're not burying gotta, it in the practice field. Do you throw we? it like, away? Yeah. You know, like, sometimes say, you know what, it's not even worth watching. There's nothing you're going to get out of this. But there, there's so many things you got to correct. I mean, obviously yeah. you got to make them wallow in it a little bit, I would think. Yeah, it's always something. You know, it all, it's always something. If you were on the podcast, we would have got at you, Mike, because that sounded kind of real, kind of – Never mind. Mm. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know what it sounded, but please tell me on the break. Yeah. I will. Well, I will. Let's. Uh, uh, let's but go. no, I, I think you watch it. You have to watch it. They got to endure it. Yeah. We're back in a moment. We'll uh, preview next week. 
the Tennessee Titans come to town. First look at the Titans firsthand this season. They've had some changes up in Nashville. This is Jaguars postgame on the Jaguars radio network. Jaguars postgame presented by Florida Home AC. Call Florida Home AC today. Official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. J.P. Shadrick with Mike Dempsey and Fred Taylor in the Hyundai studios. The 50-50 Rattle is presented by the Duval Motor Company. And yeah, the Jags lost today 34-3. But if you have the winning number today, you've gone home at least somewhat happy. The winning number is 478-065-0529-3. And the total jackpot today was $52,785. The winning prize is half of that, $26,393 for the – That's a lot of money. That is a lot of money, Fred. It's still a little bit less than the five hundred you're looking for, but that's, that's okay. I digress. Um, next week, the Jaguars have the Tennessee Titans coming to town. Hey, well, you know, let's get to that in a moment. Today was homecoming weekend, this yeah. whole, whole weekend, so a bunch of alumni guys were in town. You came up today, Fred, for the game and got to see a bunch of guys here mm-hmm. today. And you know, Tom Coughlin, was, it was announced earlier in the week that he was going to be inducted into the pride of the Jaguars at some point in 2024. So all that happening this week, it's right. cool to see all the old guys. Yeah, I had to play catch-up this morning. I hopped on the road at 5 a.m. Uh, it wasn't any flights here. So I drove up, uh, my wife and I, and uh, – when I got over to the stadium, actually on my way to the stadium, I called Coach Coughlin to, to congratulate him. And that turned into a 25-minute lesson. It's always good to talk to TC, man. But, uh, <laughs> a lesson? Yeah. It's always a lesson. I mean, huh? I pay attention to Coach. When TC sure. speaks, I, I make sure to listen on whatever it might be. And he uh, enlightened me to a few things. And, and he was uh, just expressing his, uh, how grateful he was you know, to uh, the cons for being able to make that possible. Uh, so he's thankful and he can't wait to, to get out there. He's like, uh, it's a long time. I'm praying every day and hopefully I make it there, but uh, he'll be inducted at some point next year. So it was good to speak with him. Uh, and just still life lessons. He's always teaching life. And I learned that um, the second time around with Coach Coughlin. Ah. The first time I was like, what is he trying to do to me? And we talked about that a little bit today, too, during my workouts. I was like, you're trying to kill me out here? Because he, he was trying to run me in the ground. But it made me a better um, better person, better player. And I needed that. And I always get – when I get an opportunity, I let him know that. But it was good to see the guys. Tony Bright Brackens is always my highlight. Why you know, is that? To, I mean, if you guys knew T. Brack – and uh, the amount of uh, gallons of Hennessy he will walk around <laughs> with. <laughs> well, well then, I, I would mean, like to know T. Brack. No, yeah. this T. Brack is still an amazing T. Brack. But I think of all my teammates, he was the one guy that I listened to the most. He would kind of come to me before the game and give me our little pep talk and say, we're going to do this and do that. We're not going to hit the gas fast. We're going to fill it out. And I actually listened to him, a defensive end that I actually – Listen to Imagine that, right? Yeah, so he's one of my good friends, and it's just always great to see him. Dogs and cats living together. I mean, the whole thing. That's, that's exactly. amazing. Hey, exactly. next week, the Tennessee Titans are in town. This is a different Tennessee Titans, Fred. I mean, this is a new quarterback now. They've got a new GM. You know, they, the running back's not getting any younger. I mean, they've, they've lost a lot of pieces. Um, what, what is this Tennessee team right now? They're trying to find their way. They're struggling. They they look like how the Jaguars looked some years ago. Uh, I wish this was the Titans team that we played in '99, but it is the NFL, and you still gotta 
you know, bring your entire toolbox and, uh, and your hammer. So when you see a bug, you got to absolutely crush it, demolish it. And while the Titans are at, they're not at their best, they're struggling, trying to figure it out. Uh, even consider trading their star player in, in, in Derrick Henry. So you know they're kind of railing when they even consider that. So uh, one thing the Jaguars do well is stop the run. So uh, as long as they could uh, control the big man at the line of scrimmage, they give themselves an opportunity to win. Uh, protect the football. That's each and every week. And uh, try to harass the young quarterback, Levis. And if they could do that from a defensive standpoint, give yourself an opportunity. From an offensive standpoint, again, protect the ball, uh, run the ball. You want to run the ball and um, hopefully get these receivers excited as well uh, so they can at least put that on the other teams to come, you know, game plan as something that they have to worry to defend later in the season. Well, should have no uh, problem getting the team's focus this week, you would think. I would, yeah. Right? I mean, like, yeah. you know, even with Houston being so important the following week uh, because they beat you already once and they're playing really well and this is uh, no messing around time. Oh, yeah. For the Jags. And mm -hmm. uh, Tennessee's a team, quite frankly, that they should be. I think Tennessee's lost nine straight road games at this point, including the one to Tampa today. So don't let that streak snap. That's next week, the uh, 1 o'clock kickoff time here at the bank. And, Fred, it's uh, great to see you. It's always a pleasure seeing you guys, man. Safe travels to yep. you and your lovely bride. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Freddie. That's Fred Taylor. Y'all kicking me out. Oh, you can no, stay you as can long. Hang. You want to do you phone calls too, Fred? No, no I got somewhere to be. Oh, okay, yeah. you're busy. <laughs> uh, sorry. I'll see y'all later. <laughs> That's Fred Taylor, Mike Dempsey. I'm JP Shadrick. For those in our flagship station, 1010XL in Jacksonville, stick around. The scoreboard show is next, and we'll get your phone calls. The Jaguars fall today to the San Francisco 49ers, 34-3 the final. This has been Jaguars postgame on the Jaguars radio network.